Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Thursday, December 30th, 2021. A happy and festive new year to all of you as we close in on 2022 and we usher out 2021. 2021 was not a fun year. 2020 wasn't a fun year. And let's just hoping that 2021, 2022, I'm losing track of the years, is a better time. Uh, on today's podcast, we'll get a chance to opine on the hits and misses in the tech space in 2021 and chat just a little bit about what we might see in 2022. Joining me for today's podcast is John Quain, who writes for the New York Times, Smart Cities, and Tom's Guide. Stuart Walpin, who scribed for Twice, U.S. News, and Investopedia, and uh, Rob Pegorero, our other compadre, he is, uh, I think he's traveling, if I'm not mistaken, he's on a plane, um, so he was unavailable for today's podcast, but he wishes everyone well. Guys, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> um, are you going to be in the middle of Times Square? Both, well, you're, you're, in a, you're, you're, in a, you're in a log cabin, uh, John. <laughs> <laughs> You're in, you're in Manhattan. Are you going to be? Are you going to be there in Times Square? Come on, tell me that you're going to do it. You're going to get out there, and you're going to be there on, on Times Square. No, Stuart, I don't think. I'm not going to Times Square. I haven't been there in years. <laughs> you know, even you know, I, I just will tell you a very funny story. Years ago, I, I wish you guys had had a chance to meet my dad. He was the most entertaining guy of all time. Was not Mister Excitement, and when. They did the New Year's Eve, New Year's Year th uh, Eve thing with you know Dick Clark and the Rock and New Year, and you remember those famous camera shots where they would show like three hundred thousand people in the middle of Times Square. Right. He would he would have all of us as little kids in front of the TV set or enormous twenty inch color TV set, and he would point at a person you know in in the screenshot and says, "Okay, guys, just remember one thing when you get older. Imagine that you're in the middle of this crowd and and it's five minutes of midnight." And you have to go to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> Been there, thought that, and that always kind of freaked me out, frankly. So I have a phobia about uh, New Year's, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about a lot of things here. Let's uh, bring up the slides right off the bat here, and you know, before we get into the hits and misses of 2021, let's talk about. And I'm using. I'm being. Very, I don't know if I'm being charitable. I'm using the word the deteriorating state of CES 2022. It's pretty been pretty amazing for me. I almost don't want to log into my email because every time I log on my email, I get another, I'm sorry, we're not, we're bailing out. Right. We can't meet. You know, I'm going by hook or by crook unless, uh, unless the, uh, the CES people uh, actually cancel the entire event. But um, let's start with you, John. What are your thoughts on the uh, deteriorating state of CES 2022? You know, I, 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 a lot of wishful thinking. I was, I had some really, really interesting, uh, in-person meetings lined up with some people that I wanted to meet with in person. And, uh, I really held out to the last minute, but I bailed as well. Uh, just because, uh, the, it's just not a practical thing to do at this point in time to have yeah. uh, a massive get together, unfortunately. Um, and so many people also that I wanted to meet canceled. So there was really no point for me to go. I mean, that's sort of the crux of it is uh, that the, the, the people you want to meet and network with, that's essentially what this show is about. It's not a show for consumers, you know, it's a show for the industry and business. And they're just 
the people aren't going to be there. So you can't right. literally network with anybody. Yes. Um, and so it just makes it, uh, you know, an impossible situation. And also some of the biggest companies have essentially bailed, even though they're not officially not going. Samsung is basically not going. I mean, they have their events, but uh, they've cut down the personnel and staff that are attending and a couple of things are going to be virtual that they were planning to do in person. And Panasonic has bailed on the show. Um, so really, the major players are not going to be there either. I'm sure CTA was begging, begging Samsung to stay in there. And, and so they mm -hmm. technically are going, but really, uh, right. it, for all intents and purposes, it, it's kind of over. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, a dramatically scaled um, back presence. And, you know, I think there are some companies now sending a few people that might have a suite. And, I, you know, again, that's not going to be anything nearly as effective as the, the big presences that both, all of us are used to seeing on the show floor. And, you know, you raised a good point, um, John. I've said, I think I think I said this on the podcast last week, uh, is that the um, – the real value of CES, because it is a business show. Yes, the products right. are shown for consumers, but it's really has been this massive get together for seeing people you haven't seen in the last year. And those opportunistic meetings that you have in a bar where you bump into someone that you haven't seen in years, you can't replicate that on a um, on a Zoom call. And, uh, you know, the it's it's going to be a, a pretty scaled back presence. But um, Stuart, you canceled your plans long ago. You were just chatting before the recording began that right. You can't even justify, frankly, going, and which is completely understandable. But let me get your view of the situation, and um, and we can talk about New Year's Eve and my stories back from, with my dad after the, well, after the I, podcast. I'm going to have a tremendous case of FOMO since I've been going nonstop to CES since 1984. So this is the first show that they're putting on that I'm not attending since then. So I, I, am, I am overwhelmed with regret about all of this. But economically, physically, health-wise, it's just the right decision to make. And I made it as soon as I heard that Omicron was highly communicable, I went, why am I going again? Um, you know, I don't even like to go into restaurants, you know, so I mean, yeah, they're taking all the right precautions at the convention center, but Las Vegas has been notorious about being rather cavalier about, you know, um, about COVID since a long time ago, you know, just to keep up their business. I, it's just from the, from that point of view, from a financial point of view, I, what I mean about this show was going to be scaled back from the CTA's point of view anyway. It's a fraction of what it was going to be already. Two dozen companies have already dropped, quote unquote, dropped out. LG is going to have their usual huge booth, but they made the decision a long time ago not to send anybody. It's all going to essentially be automated. It's going to be AR and, and QR codes. And I don't mm. know that there'll be anything but security guards in the booth. Um, yeah. So yeah. a lot of these people who have so dropped out will be there. They just won't have any people there. I mean, Samsung will have a presence, but its booth even from the beginning was appointment only. They weren't going to allow just any Tom Dick and Harry just to wander through the booth as it usual. So I'm not going. I'm 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 sort of curious from a fly in the wall point of view to see how it's all going to happen. And I feel really bad. Feel really bad about. You know, for the CTA people, this is the bulk of their jobs. And perhaps to have this all fall apart, they worked so hard to put this together and to have it all sort of Twitter away like this is it's it just 
from my point of view, from an industry point of view, it's very sad. And I'm going to really, really miss not going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely a big disappointment. But look, there, there's it, it's not their fault. Right. No. <laughs> you know, it's just this is something that just happened. And uh, this is something we're going to have to sort of get used to things happening like this where we're going to have to roll with the changes. Um, but yeah, I wish they would be a bit more forthcoming. I mean, it, it, you know, if more people knew that these big companies were actually not really there, they're there in name only, I think attendance would drop even faster, you know, and I think that's that's something that they should have been, you know, how much you're supposed to be transparent about these things. I don't know, but there's certainly an issue there. When I canceled, for example, I had a bunch of companies then email me saying, oh, by the way, we've canceled too. <laughs> if they told me before, you know, it's, wow. it was it's sort of people playing chicken about canceling. I'm not going to tell you I'm canceling unless you tell me you're canceling first. You know, it's like, what is well, this? let me ask you before we move on to the next topic. Uh, they normally get, you know, during the height of, of CES, they get 150,000 people. If you had to put a number on how many people, Oh. attends john get, get just take, take a, sw a swing at that i'm just curious then i'll hold you to it after we get the final numbers after next week i think i'd be very optimistic if twenty thousand people came to town well you think it's not going to be that low wow oh yeah oh yeah i'm not sure it'll be that low i mean obviously the high of the show has been one hundred and seventy-five thousand. right I, right. I, I mean you have a lot of international visitors from countries that are allowing people to travel and that right. we're allowing to let in so i i think I, probably around a third would be my guess i'm 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 probably in the 40 to fifty thousand range do you think and this is the last question i'm going to ask you guys to put you on the spot but do you think ces is going to recover next year i oh, mean yeah. I mean, once, once this, listen, I mean, the communicability of this, of, of Omicron, and the, the, um, the lack of the seriousness for those who are vaccinated, mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of conditions here that this will sweep through very, very, it's, I think, one of those things that will sweep through very quickly, that people who aren't vaccinated, I don't know if they'll be, I don't know if, know if if, if people who get Omicron are then immune to it, you have, um, you're no. getting a rising level of vaccinations. I have a feeling that this is instead of one of these long-term things, I think this is one of the, and I have no medical knowledge and I'm not a doctor, I don't play one on TV, but I, mm. I just have the sense that this is just going to wash through us relatively quickly. And by the summertime, I don't think it will cease to be an issue, but I think so many people will have gotten it and so many more people will have gotten vaccinated that it will become far more of an annoyance than it will be something that will be crippling to things like this. John? Yeah, I think the, the shows will come back. You know, all the trade shows or most of them will come back um, <laughs> because we are we have learned from this in the last two years we really miss them and we need them <laughs> you know yeah. there was a period at the early part of the pandemic when um mobile world congress and those people in the geneva auto show were trying to push ahead you know and the rest of us were looking at going there's a worldwide pandemic you can't have this trade show uh and th and there was a feeling that just maybe we'd never see these shows again i think that's wrong i think actually what we've learned is we actually do need them and they have been useful and and they make good business sense um so I think they will be back. Um, I don't know uh, 
you know, if you get Omicron and uh, some of these others, no, you're not immune. You can get it again. You can get it two or three times. I mean, the oh, yeah. evidence is in. So uh, the question is, does this make it endemic in the world and that it sort of starts to even out and we treat it like the flu? This may be the beginning of that transition, in which case I'm looking at IFA. You know, Stuart and I love going to IFA every year. It's it's a major highlight, you know, of, of no, the, I, the press conferences are, are fantastic. And I haven't heard yeah. boo about. The yeah. April. So, I, you know, that could happen. That that could take place this year. It's in September in, in uh, Berlin. You know, that could actually take place. So I don't think this is over. And I think, you know, as if the CTA can survive this financially. And I think we'll see it next year. Well, let's help when we're doing the podcast uh, 12 months from now, you know, for yeah. 2023, uh, we're not having to say, oh, by the way, I thought this was going to go out the window. And <laughs> be back to normal. Okay, let's go back to the, the uh, next uh, topic here. And I will you know, put the slide. There we go. Let's talk about 2021. And you'll notice my diplomatic use of language here. The two most encouraging things that you saw in tech in 2021. So let me start with Stuart. Um, and you know, the word encouraging, that's a very broad word, <laughs> but let's start with that. What, what, what kind of jumped out to you, uh, Stuart? Well, I think, um, quarantining accelerated so, um, a trend that was, we were already moving towards, and that is, uh, big screen TVs, better sound that people, home theater finally has become important to people. Um, mm -hmm. and in a way that it's really altering the whole movie theater, home viewing, where movies premiere, and the technologies allowing the major studios to put movies into theaters for a week and then throw them online because people aren't going to the movies for anything except Spider-Man movies, essentially. You know, I'm, and so I'm encouraged from a pure technological point of view that people are buying 65 and 75 inch TVs, that they're right. investing in sound bars. And I think the, the pandemic quarantining has certainly and also smart appliances. The appliance business has picked up considerably during the during the pandemic because people were now using their appliances a hell of a lot more often. So it's accelerated the adoption of, a, of higher end and smart appliances. So those are two, I think, encouraging trends, at least for from a technology point of view. The second uh, encouraging thing is cur partly courtesy of the um, infrastructure plan and the investment in broadband. Uh, finally getting to the point, we're finally getting to the point to bridge that digital gap and bringing the kind of connectivity that really drives the economy and uh, the social construct to people who might not be able to have taken part beforehand. And we're talking, and it goes all the way, all the way down, which is the best thing to students in poor communities or minority communities who weren't able to keep up simply because they didn't have the kind of connections or equipment that is really necessary in today's day and age to get a decent education. So the fact that we're finally doing something to bridge that broadband gap, I think is very encouraging. John, yes, I, I mean the the uh, the most encouraging things I think for me this year, the biggest one was sort of the continued uh, electrification of the, uh, you know, the mobile infrastructure and the fact that uh, there are actually some good 
electric vehicles now in the market and not just, you know, a hundred thousand dollar vehicle and and seeing that transition and testing those cars and seeing that, okay, now, now we've got something. Now there's something out there. You know, uh, I think the, the, the biggest one is uh, Hyundai's um, Ionic five. It's just an amazing electric vehicle with incredible technology on board and for a price that's you know about thirty-five thousand dollars with the tax break, I mean it's just a killer vehicle. Very yep. well made. It, it's not some Tesla. You know this is this is the real deal. And so right. seeing that this year, I think is very encouraging. Um, obviously, we need the infrastructure to catch up, and hopefully, um, you know, people pass enough bills in Washington, some of the money starts to come out, and people build more stations and stuff. That would be great. Um, the other encouraging thing was sort of the, that continued as as Stuart uh, uh, talked about the connectivity and stuff. Uh, you know, I'm I'm here right now in a rural setting. We finally got cable. <laughs> after I was going to say, you know, your 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 audio is flawless. Yeah. So for twenty <laughs> over twenty years, you know, uh, nothing, zero, no. There's no cellular service here. That's how far we are in the country. Um, so all you had was a landline thanks to infrastructure bill. When was that? Like 1950 or something. Uh, so I, I think that is encouraging. And so it'll be nice that once we all get back out there again, we'll still have this backup infrastructure here. But, uh, yeah, those are the two biggest things for me this year. Uh, yeah, for me, I would talk a little bit about, I'd probably glom on to what, um, Stuart mentioned about the, the, the impact of the pandemic on work from home. I mean, he talked about the entertainment and the TV, right. uh, home, the home theater um, uh, momentum, I think, that, that the uh, pandemic uh, obviously encouraged. But the remote work from home thing is something I think is going to be with us for a very long time. I mean, even after the pandemic goes away, remote work will stay with us. And I think that's a good thing because I think it's going to have a positive impact on people's lives. Um, in terms of having to live near your office, I think that for many companies, that's already becoming kind of a non-factor. You know, when I talk to different um, leaders of different companies and that hey, if they want to hire talent now, that person doesn't have to live, you know, within um, within commuting distance. So I think that's a positive thing. And uh, the, the, um, the ancillary impact of that has on technology in terms of getting better webcams and, you know, doing things in a much more professional quality way. Um, uh, in a quality way, I think is probably going to be, I think it's an encouraging thing, you know, especially if you're a peripheral device ma- maker. And the other thing I would, I would mention, it's a little bit of a, a an ingredient thing, but I think uh, Apple's, you know, a successful, continued successful rollout of Apple Silicon is good, not just for Apple, but it's good for the industry and in that it's, you know, created some eff- very effective competition against Qualcomm and against, um, uh, uh, against uh, Intel. And to me, um, the, the whole idea of SOC solutions and devices that can do have fantastic battery life and great performance uh, in very, very tiny form factors and products that we can't even conceive of right now, that to me is going to have a very, very positive effect on um, technology. So the, the uh, Apple uh, Silicon rollout, I think, has had that other effect on that. However, let's now talk about the <laughs> discouraging things, you know, again, diplomatic use of language. I'm using the word discouraging. But, uh, John, let me start you with that in terms of what are kind of two things that kind of, you know, kind of uh, kind of irked you about 2021. Well, I mean, there's the continued problem with uh, computer security and, yeah. uh, you know, the lack of um, 
progress from uh, private companies to protect themselves and our data, customers' data. Um, that that is probably the most discouraging thing this year. It, it's gotten a lot worse. Ransomware is just rampant across mm -hmm. the business world, and uh, businesses have kind of like eh, put up their hands instead of actually trying to prevent it. They are you know minimal efforts at best. So that's pretty discouraging to see that happening. Um, and insurance companies saying, oh, you should just pay the ransomware. Uh, all all negative, negative, negative. Um, the other discouraging thing is comes back to connectivity. Today, I'm canceling Elon Musk's Starlink. All right. It is now uh, just about the end of the year and it's still in beta and it still can't do things like this podcast. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, 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 I was about to kick you off the podcast if you continue to use Starlink. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you look at some of the older podcasts, you would drop out of calls. And the podcast, our podcasts are not very long, you know, 30 minutes or so. You would right. drop out two or three times during the call. So it was a great advertisement for the technology. Right. So I think uh, Starlink has been a, a huge disappointment. Um, look, you know, SpaceX is, is a great thing. It's doing well. The solar business part of his business, also a huge disappointment there. Um, so you've got a couple of flops from Elon Musk. Uh, look, but the low Earth orbiting satellites uh, systems do show a lot of promise. It's just they haven't managed to make it work uh, for the kind of connectivity that you need right now. Um, just too, too, too many bugs in the system that they haven't solved. So uh, that was the other discouraging thing. Stuart? Um, well, I want to start out by uh, noting that I purposely left off work from home from my list of pandemic quarantining technology things because as john mentioned about ces and going to ces and shaking hands and actually meeting people i think the downside to the work from home even though remote working has been a boon for many people is that you lose that serendipitous socialization that in-person work brings and i mm -hmm. think that to a certain extent that's a plus and a minus for me because of that loss of team building and culture building that yeah. you can only get from in-person work. I wrote a whole column about this and I'm torn about the remote work pros and cons, which leads me into the thing that I find most disturbing. I agree with John, the security and privacy issues are just a huge issue, and but they've been an issue for 50 years, quite frankly. I mean, I'm, I'm doing some research on some early organizations and and the privacy and security computer issue, is, it dates back to the 70s. Um, but my issue is much more on the social media side. And I think we're seeing the, the building up impact of giving everybody on the planet an unfiltered microphone and in that kind of egalitarian situation where you don't have curation or filters, the idiots are going to get the bulk of the airspace. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. And I think we're seeing that on so many levels in our society that is we cannot get people vaccinated because of the nuts who are getting themselves heard. And it's just it's 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 it. It's so depressing to me that we can't even accomplish what would normally be a very, not simple necessarily, but a very patriotic thing to do. Get the shot. Let's stop the pandemic. But uh, uh, don't get me started. 
the second discouraging thing is the resource limitations that I think that we've been experiencing and will continue to experience. We have the chip shortage, supply chain issues, which is sort of a working situation where so many jobs are just not good jobs and people are refusing to do them, which I think has is some cause to the supply chain issue. And John mentioned electric cars, but what comes with that is an issue we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which is an increasing problem of acquiring the lithium that's required for the batteries and the amount of carbon footprint just generates electricity is going to bring. So I don't think that's a huge issue yet. I think it's going to become a much larger issue. But every time we move up in technology, we are using, misusing, using up resources, limited resources. And I think this is not an issue that's not only not going to go away, I think it might actually get worse. Well, sir, I'm just very proud that you didn't list the performance of the New York Mets as your most discouraging thing. Of hey, we got Max Scherzer. Wait till next year. <laughs> well, the, the only thing I would say to close in on this is that I agree with bo both of you guys. Uh, the security thing to me continues to be a, a problem that I don't think the, the industry, I don't think the country, I don't think our leadership in Washington has gotten its hands around kind of yeah, very, very distressing from that perspective, because it's just, it's almost like rinse and repeat. You know, you hear a big problem, there's been a breach and it goes away. You know, it, you know, like many stories in the news, it has a, it has a shelf life of a couple of days and then, you know, people disappear and then, and, and there's no consequences. And that's the thing we talked about that about a week ago, right. that, uh, that these issues happen. And yes, there are implications for how to solve it. And does that create bigger problems and solves, but it's that the thing that, that discourages me the most is just getting your people getting their hands around it and, and dealing with it because there are fundamental things that are just not happening. And, uh, you know, probably the, the, the second thing is that, um, you know, I, I sense with uh, a lot of the companies that I'm, especially the smaller companies that I kind of inter, uh, interface with all the time, they seem to be, you know, now that we're going into the year three of the pandemic, and hopefully it will be over um, the early part of this year, is that there seems to be discouragement, you know, with a lot of these smaller companies who have limited funds. I mean, smaller companies in tech space are really the backbone. It's not always the Facebooks and, and, the, and the Apples and the Googles and the, the HPs or Dells. I mean, those are companies that, that can weather through these type of, this, you know, once in a lifetime event that's happened to the entire world. But a lot of these smaller companies, um, you know, they only have so much money to burn through to get visibility in an already very challenging environment. You know, when you're a startup and you don't have the kind of marketing spend that a Google might have or a Facebook. Uh, and uh, a lot of those companies may not see the light of day purely because they just couldn't outlast the uh, pandemic. So that, that, that has really, um, uh, discourage me, but you know, I want to do leave. I do want to leave the um, <laughs> the podcast on a happier note, and that is as we talk about 2022. Real quickly, um, give give me one prediction, a, a one minute prediction that you might have, um, John, for what we might see. Gosh, what well, we was prediction for 2022? That's, not, that's not, not non sports related. As a heads up, the story. <laughs> see, see, you know. I think Tom Brady might uh, do it again. Uh, no, uh, no sports. <laughs> um, it, yeah, my prediction, I think, is that we will, you know, I, I think we'll start to do some uh, international business travel and back to some of those, uh, uh, you know, uh, connecting with 
appears in other countries again this year. And I think uh, it will take off. And I do think this will be the year that you see electric vehicles be purchased at a much, much higher rate, higher than predicted. I think mm -hmm. the analysts have been all behind now. Of course, they didn't know a pandemic was going to occur, but I think you're going to really see a takeoff uh, right. this year. Stuart, your prediction? I think that we're going to see, especially in the run-up to the midterms, we are going to see some very bad, misguided legislation to try to curb the big social media and content platforms. Um, I think the the anger level on Capitol Hill is against the Facebooks and the Amazons and the Twitters of the world is just really, really rising. And I think we are going to see some very ill-informed what else, what other kind of legislation is there where tech is concerned, legislation trying to curb um, the excesses of both big tech and big social media. Right. You know what I think is going to be interesting, just to kind of uh, um, uh, jump on that comment. You know, I, I suspect, and I don't say this from any political point of view, <laughs> that is that I, I suspect that if 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 they things if if um, the whole silencing of a certain former president had to happen again, it, it, especially with Twitter, because that that was his vehicle for getting the word out. You wonder if there are. Democrats now thinking, hey, you know, maybe the idea of silencing him was was probably not a great idea because now we have nothing to go to attack him with. I mean, he would he would, <laughs> you know, seriously, it backfired in the sense that he wasn't that that moving target that he was when he had access to Twitter. And I don't say that pl uh, good or bad. It's, I, I just say uh, say simply because I think that, you know, I'm, I'm a free speech type of guy um, and uh, you have to, you know, really convinced me under very extreme situations when speech should be curtailed. I understand the issues about misleading information and misinformation, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it, it's, a, it's a very, very challenging issue. And I just think there are some people now that are kind of saying to themselves, you know, we probably would have had a lot more luck in, in, in nailing a certain ex-president to the wall if we had allowed him to still, to, to, uh, still allow him to tweet, <laughs> you know, but- Hanging himself. Exactly, exactly, you know. But anyway, uh, guys, listen, thank you for your time on today's podcast. Have a great new year. Um, I hope uh, you're safe and well. Thanks for taking the time for joining me for today's podcast to the podcast audience. For our viewing and listening audience, please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Mark Vina Tech Guy. And until next time, have a great week and happy new year to all of you. Happy new year to you guys. Happy new year, Mark. Take Happy care. New Happy New Year, year. John. Mm -hmm.